Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala sharafi l-anbiya wa al-mursaleen. Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam tasliman kathiran kathira fama ba'du. My brothers and sisters, I was talking to you yesterday about the issue of deen and dunya and that there is no conflict between deen and dunya. Dunya is not the opposite of deen. Deen is the way to live in the dunya. There is no deen after death. So there is no friction or contradiction in Islam between the two. On the contrary, you can only attain excellence in deen through excellence in dunya. Now, sadly, people don't see this and they preach the opposite sometimes, which is a confusion with Hindu theology because sannyas leaving the dunya for spiritual growth, so to speak. There is no sannyas in Islam. Rasulullah said, La ruhbaniya fil Islam. There is no asceticism or sannyas in Islam. Islam teaches us to live in the dunya in a way which is spiritual and to use the dunya for spiritual growth. If you want to uh, become strong, uh, you go to the gym and you lift weights, right? You go to the gym and you lift weights because that is the way to get strong. Uh, you don't get strong by leaving the gym or by saying, no, don't go to the gym. You go to the gym and you lift weights. What is lifting weights? It is working against resistance. So if there is no resistance, there is no strength. Strength builds through resistance. Strength, strength does not build by going off and sitting in a cave on, on a mountainside. The love of dunya that people talk about has nothing to do with wealth. As I said yesterday, the beggar on the street is not the most spiritual being. It's a question of what is in the heart. So there is a how much is it connected for our heart? Secondly, dunya is the only way that we can attain perfection in the Akhirah. Because we live in this world. There is no other way, other place to earn Jannah. Dunya is the only way to earn Jannah. You don't, you don't earn Jannah by leaving dunya, but by using, but by using dunya. The same gym analogy. You don't build strength by leaving the gym, but by going to the gym and lifting weights. This is like telling somebody sitting in a car, the best way to reach your destination is to get out of your car and walk. Uh, this whole issue of saying, leave the dunya. Uh, dunya ko chodo. Dunya ko, dunya ko chodo. Dunya mein chodo. Dunya chodna tha, toh dunya mein aai kiyo. If we were supposed to leave the dunya, then why did Allah send us into the dunya? Allah gave us the car to drive the car. So if I go to somebody who is sitting in a car and I tell the person, best way to reach your destination is to get out of your car and walk. Right? You may still get to the destination, but you will get there with great difficulty and very slowly. But if you remained in your car and drove on the right road, you would get there much faster and much more comfortably. This is what the Sahaba did. They had the best of both worlds. The problem is that people only tell you stories of Sahaba in the days of the inception of Islam. Stories of deprivation and struggles. Not the story of how, stories of how they handled the dunya when the conquest started and there was literally money to burn. Did they fall into evil? Did they forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Did they leave salah and sit in their shops? Or did they establish Islam on the face of the earth? Now what did they do? And that's why I say read history. History is very, very important and very instructive for us to understand uh, the whole issue of, uh, of dunya and deen. Now dunya lived according to the deen is ibadah. It is deen itself. It is the reason for the deen. If this dunya did not exist, there would be no need for deen.
To live in this dunya according to the deen is the most powerful way to do da'wah. Dunya is the way to attain the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Dunya is the tilth for the akhirah, as Rasulullah reminded us. A dunya huwa mazratul akhirah. How are you going to get a harvest if you leave your fields fallow? Right? You want a good harvest, you have to spend every waking moment in your fields, plowing and winnowing and planting and watering and praying for success in the harvest. People who tell you to leave the dunya, they don't know agriculture. If you want to learn agriculture, go to a farmer. That is why the importance of tarbiyah in Islam, which we have completely discarded. You should love the dunya, but for the right reasons. You should run behind the dunya, but for the right reasons. You should use the dunya in the right way. Not leave the dunya and go somewhere else. My brother and sister is very, very important for us. Uh, I, I mentioned uh, Akbar Rahbadi Rahmatullah's uh, uh, share yesterday, which I will mention again today. Very beautiful share. I love this thing. He said, Dunya mein hoon, dunya ka talabgar nahi hoon. Bazaar se guzra hoon, kharidar nahi hoon. See how beautiful, uh, beautifully he expressed this. He said, I am in the dunya, I live in the dunya, but I, am, I don't want the dunya. I am not a talabgar, I am not yearning for the dunya. Bazaar se guzra hu. He said, I have passed through the market, kharidar nahi hu. I am not a customer, I am not a buyer. So this is the, this is the way to live and, and, to, um, and to understand the importance of the of uh, the dunya as a way of building our akhirah, and that is uh, it's it's very important to understand that because otherwise we get confused and constantly we have this thing of saying oh but you see if my rizq is written already then why do I need to work? Work is for the sake of establishing the laws of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala on the earth. Right? We get this whole question. Every few days somebody comes up and says, Oh, but you see, what about the Khilafah? And when will the Khilafah be established? The point is, the Khilafah will be established when the Khilafah, in, the Khilafah will be established on the earth when the Khilafah is established on my body. When, my, when the Khilafah is established in my house, in my business, in my, in my family. Right? We, you cannot have Khilafah in the, in the world when my body is... Uh, disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when my desires are disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when my business is uh, full of haram, when my family is full of haram, when my house is full of haram, where is the question of having uh, khilafah in the world? Uh, who's, going to, who's, going to, who's going to be the khalifa? Who's going to follow the khalifa? And, and where is this going to come from? It has to come from within. It has to come from within ourselves. Only then can we talk about, uh, talk about the dunya. See, in Islam, we do not use Islam is the the, the way Islam is beautifully uh, understood is that the laws of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala are one. We cannot use we, we do not have a system in Islam where somebody takes a law and uses it according to them their own desires and then they, uh, they 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 subvert it they change it and then they have excuses of as to why they are doing that and everybody falls in line and they, and and you know people get fooled. This is not Islam. This is not Islam. For in, in in Islam, if if when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said. Uh, you know, to, to respect your parents, Allah did not say that respect your parents as long as the, your parents are following what you want them to do. Hmm? And when the, when the father and mother decide not to do what you want them to do, then you need not respect your parents. That, that's not what Allah said. Respect to your parents is respect to your parents. 
Now, what happens in, in, our, in our own lives? What happens in, in our social lives? What happens in, 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 in take, take history, for example. When you read history of, uh, of different, uh, you know, you, uh, sadly, history is usually only of uh, kings and queens. But if you read uh, the history of uh, Muslim kings and queens, what, what, do you, what do you find in that history? We find the opposite of all this. Right? We find the opposite of all this. And of course, we have in, in convenient uh, fatwas, uh, which uh, different people have given, uh, what, I, what, we, what I call scholars for dollars, uh, to justify. And then we have, of course, a whole bunch of foolish people who want to believe it. So really, seriously, we have to ask ourselves these questions and say, what kind of standards, what am I saying, what will I do, what will I not do? Because if we don't do this, then we are going to end up with a situation where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will question us. And that is not a, not a place that we, want to, um, that we want to be in, where we fall, uh, fall foul of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's standards. Now, brothers and sisters, let us look at our lives. Straighten those lives first, which is look at our lives and say, where in my life am I disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And correct that. For, for, first, correct the disobediences. And the correcting of the disobedience is to make istighfar, is to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make tawbah, return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then, look at uh, who have I wronged. And go and apologize to that person. Go and make amends, compensate, whatever. And going forward, you say that my life is going to be free from the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Please understand as a, 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 the difference between a mistake and a crime is the intention. A mistake is something that happened without intention, unintentionally, by mistake, forgetfully. The same thing, if it is done knowingly, becomes a crime, and a crime is culpable and punishable. So ask yourself this question. If, you, if for example, you are borrowing money on interest, if you are lending money on interest, if you are dealing with interest, yeah, ask yourself if you are drinking alcohol, if you are, if you are gambling, uh, if you are fornicating, if you are leaving your salah, if you, uh, if you are not fasting, if you are doing ghibat, if you are backbiting, if you are slandering, right? If you are deceiving people, uh, you are telling lies, uh, you, you make your own list and, and look at If you are doing all of this thing, then ask yourself, what is the justification for this? How am I going to answer Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this? Because all of these things I am doing knowingly. There's not a living, walking, talking Muslim who does not know that telling a lie is a sin, major sin. Kabira. There's not a walking, talking Muslim who does not know that leaving salah is kufr. Right? There's not a walking, talking Muslim who knows that take that borrowing money on interest is haram, lending on interest is haram, gambling is haram, betting on, on, on horses or God knows what, all of this stuff is haram. Everything, we know all of this. If you find that you are still doing them, then believe me, you are indulging in crime and crime is punishable before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So please, make istighfar, make tawbah and let us clean up our act. And then we can make dua, and inshallah, the dua will be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa 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 alayhi wa sallam, w